Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. Amen. Turn with us again to Hebrews chapter number 11. Hebrews chapter number 11. Um, Appreciate the word. It just gets bigger. Um, <clears throat> I like I like meat that's lean. Uh, my wife likes it fat. Um, they say opposites attract. I guess that's true. But you pick, put a piece of meat that's got old fat in it, it just gets bigger in your mouth. It just grows. Uh, I'm glad that there's a that the Word of God, when when you'll just take it in, if you ain't careful, it'll get so big, you have to give it back out. Uh, you've got to tell somebody. And I appreciate the Lord tonight. Hebrews chapter number 11, we're going right back to the place we were uh, Sunday night. We're going to read the same scripture again, but I've got a different message. The Lord wouldn't let me away from this, and I just appreciate it. It's been good all week for me. Uh, Verse number 24, by faith Moses, when he would come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured, seeing him who is invisible. Through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea, as by dry land, which the Egyptians attempting to do were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about Seven days. Bow with us. Father, we pray you'd open our hearts to your word as you open your word to our hearts. We need it. We're desperate for it. And I pray, God, that the intent to which you've sent it, um, God, that it would just find its mark in all of us, God. I, I, I hear and I see, God, what you're doing. and It's evident that you want us, God, to have more faith. I pray that you would help us with this, that you would speak it into our hearts. And Lord, help us, God, to obey it and to respond to it. We're trusting you, for we have nothing to offer. So we give our very best, asking God you to bless it, uh, that all of us might be changed by you. Hear us now as we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As I was thinking about this, it it occurred to me that even the message I shared in Bible school was from this very passage of Hebrews. Uh, It seems we are still on that tonight. And as I was just meditating again today on the Word of God, it it just seemed like the Spirit was reminding me that that the Word of God is inexhaustible. Uh, Now, I realize there's some of you 
uh, you folks in here that have been in it a long time, and there are times, maybe even days, when you pick up the Bible and you say, oh, I've read that a hundred times. But did you know that the hundred and first time can be brand new? <laughs> uh, I love the fact that the Word of God is inexhaustible. You, you, it's a well that you can't get to the bottom of, and the deeper you go in it, the, the colder and more refreshing the water becomes. What a wondrous truth when we recognize that the depth of its riches are immeasurable, the power of his voice unstoppable. Uh, he said in Psalms 119, he said that my taste, he said to my taste, he said it's, it's sweet and it's sweeter than honey to my mouth. He said it was a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The word of God printed is a is an endless resource for the people of God. And may I say today, there's no substitute for it. Amen. Did you know you can call a friend, but unless they're advising you from the book, you're not getting the right advice probably. <laughs> uh, this is the very thing that we need. We need the Word of God to challenge our hearts. There's not one of us in here that are 100% where we ought to be. Uh, we're fooling ourselves. We think we are. We can always get closer to God, and I'll always guarantee you there's something in the Word of God that we need, and we need to hear again and again and again. Uh, I want to preach tonight again on faith. Um, as I prayed about that this week again and again, every time that I've had, it was so fresh and clear, and I appreciate the unction from God for it because it gives me direction, and I know that when He speaks that uh, there's purpose behind it. Now, uh, I'll fail you, but he don't. <laughs> the shepherd don't fail. He knows just exactly what we need tonight, and I pray that he'll open our hearts to receive it. As we look at this passage of Scripture, I want to look now at the next uh, six or seven verses, and I want you to see what God showed me. We find in the book of Galatians that the Apostle Paul uh, wrote about the fruits of the Spirit and those precious things that the Spirit of God produces in us, uh, they're not something that we have to you know, really work at. If you have the Spirit of God in you, it just produces. it. It's kind of like a, a good fruit tree. You don't have to go out there and help it make an apple. That's what it does. And uh, it'll produce that apple and it'll produce it right. And, and I'm glad that in the Word of God, there's a lot of different fruit in there. And the Apostle Paul gave us the fruits of the Spirit, and I certainly believe that all of those are precious and wondrous in themselves. But I find in the next six or seven verses that we read to you tonight some fruits of faith, fruits of faith. And I want to go back to it. I read these in passing on Sunday night. Every time that I read this scripture, I've got notes in these particular parts where over the years God has shown me different things in these verses, and it always encourages my soul to be reminded of how important it is to have faith and to believe God. Now, there's a lot of people say they have faith, but, uh, you know, to really prove you got faith, there's works behind it. Because if you ain't got any works, the Bible said your faith was dead because it's alone. But when we have faith, there are things that come with it. And uh, I believe James knew just what he was talking about that faith without works is dead. Uh, because when you really believe God, you see, I believe there are fruits of that. I believe that faith itself produces some things that are extraordinary and godly by nature. And, and when we really focus our heart and mind on it, 
we ought to we ought to be honest as we pray. Now, I'm not asking for a show of hands tonight, but uh, when you prayed today, and certainly I hope you have prayed today and got serious and earnest and fervent with God in prayer, but as you prayed today, did you say, Lord, Lord, increase my faith? <laughs> Was that on your mind today? Was it even a thought in, in, in your prayer, in your heart today that there may be parts of your life where your faith is just not where it needs to be? Uh, Justin played a song for me yesterday. I'd never heard it before. I hope he'll let me hear it again. I've got the name of it. But I remember one part of it, and it was it was about faith. And and this, the person singing it said, I'm down to my last mustard seed. And I thought, you know, I feel like I've been there before. I feel like I've been to that place before where I didn't have but a mustard seed. And so small and so tiny that no one else could see it. But oh, how I pray that we don't stay in that place where faith is small and faith is weak, but that we recognize as that woman did when she heard the simple truth that Jesus was coming through town, that she hoped in her heart in such a way that she made her way through that crowd. As weak as she might have been, she pressed into it until she got to where she could just touch the hem of his garment as he went by. And all that faith, that faith that may have seemed small to the world, that faith was able to produce a miracle in her when it came to Jesus. And I'm, oh, I'm glad today that it's faith, you see, that pleases God. It's not my works. It's it's not my strengths. It's not my intellect. It's not my abilities that he's looking for. But it's my faith that pleases God. It pleased God that when he called Abraham, And he told him, he said, I'm going to send you into a land that you've never been in. The Bible said Abraham just believed God and went. It pleased God. I don't know how many of us are uh, that simple-minded, but when it comes right down to it, when God says it, we ought to just do it. (laughs) We ought to just believe God and do it. I want you to see tonight six fruits of the faith, and I'll certainly try to go through these quickly. I've been careful to remind myself that uh, the Word of God is inexhaustible. <laughs> and uh, when it begins to come, you just can't quit preaching it sometimes. It's so good. But I want you to think about it. And I want this to be a help to you because, listen, we need faith. <laughs> listen, you may be riding high today, but uh, tomorrow you may be begging for a little more faith. Amen. You may be looking up from the ditch tomorrow and you may find yourself in a bad spot. You may see that it was you that needed the message when tomorrow comes around, be a good idea if we all just took it to heart tonight and allowed God to speak to our hearts in faith. The fruits of faith, let's begin at verse number 24. The Bible said this, By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Now what we find is that Moses turned. He had been raised in Pharaoh's house for the first 40 years of his life. That's a long time seemingly. And he had been raised in the lap of luxury. He had been taught in the best schools. He had been learning in all of these different things. And he was as much an Egyptian as he was a Hebrew. But he never lost touch of who he was. And there was a day come that old Moses realized that he wasn't an Egyptian. He was a Hebrew by birth and he found in his heart that he was still a Jew of heart. And the Bible said that the day came, when the day came, Moses turned from Pharaoh and he went back to who he was. And I 
thought to myself, when the, we begin to believe God and God begins to move in our heart with that great thing called faith, friend, you'll find that there's something called commitment that comes out of that. It's the first thing that'll come from you. And friend, if it didn't come from you when faith found you, God, you never got saved, you see. I'm glad, friend, that a commitment is necessary to be a child of God. When you look at it, friend, there's no other way to conceive what God did except something through faith. For I can tell you this much, when I came and got, when I got saved that night, I wasn't looking for God. I wasn't hunting for God, but he came looking for me. And friend, when he spoke to my heart, I knew there was a God. I knew that he had spoken to my, you couldn't have convinced me at that moment that there wasn't anybody else in the world that could speak like that. But God spoke into my heart and I believed in God and a commitment came forth. You see, when we, when you truly believe in God, that very first moment that you believe in God, there is something that has to come forth as a commitment. There is a reasonable expectation of God that when he draws you out of that sinful condition, that you turn and you get right with God. Moses turned from Pharaoh and he turned to God. Oh, what a difference it makes when we come to Christ, but it takes faith to produce a commitment in you. And I believe it takes faith to produce that renewed commitment every day. Did you know that we need to commit ourselves each and every day? My salvation's not in question. It's not in jeopardy. I'm not, I'm not in danger of going to hell tonight. I've been born again and you can't get unborn again. I, I've been saved and washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. I made a commitment a long time ago to serve Christ and to follow him. And brother, the faith that's in you ought to produce a willingness to commit to God each and every day. Let me read to you from 2 Timothy what Paul said. He said, for I know whom I have believed. And here's what he said. And he said, and persuade him that he's able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. We see two things in that verse. We see number one, Paul's faith. He said, I know in whom I have believed. And secondly, we see that he has made a commitment unto God and he is absolutely persuaded that God is able to keep that commitment that he's made. I believe we ought to keep making a commitment unto God. Some of our problems today is that we don't commit to God when we get up in the morning. Amen. If you're waiting to pray till night, I tell you, you missed the best part of the day. If you're waiting till the end of the day, friend, you needed him all day long. You probably should have started with prayer instead of ended with it or at least done both. When it comes right down to it, faith will produce in you the fruit of a commitment. It'll produce in you a willingness to turn from this world and to go to God. You see, our faith is what sets us up each and every day to look at the things of this world and say no to that and yes to God. To turn our back on the things of this world and to believe in the things that God has given us in this book. Listen, the world would tell you that the things of God are just something that steals joy and takes away one's pleasure, but I'd say to you today that they've got it wrong. If you believe God, you'll find out that the goodness of God is in believing his word. And it'll produce a commitment in us. Oh, that people of God today would commit themselves you say, preacher's not really an issue. <laughs> Look around you. There's some empty spots here tonight. And you know why that is? There's some folks ain't made a commitment to God today. 
They didn't make a commitment to God today. You say, how in the world can I get myself to the place where I make a commitment to God every day? Well, it's going to start with faith. You're going to have to start believing that what God said, God meant. Amen. I believe this book, don't you? The people in this room, I'm preaching to the choir tonight, likely all the good saved people of God, but May I say to you tonight that faith is what produces in us a desire to commit ourselves every day unto God and to say unto him, you know what? I may not have got it right yesterday, but I'm going to try again today. Amen. Don't you give up, brother. You just keep pressing into it because I believe every time that I commit myself and say, God, I'm going to give it all I've got today. I may find up on my head before the day's over. I may not be able to get out of the ditch myself. You may have to help me up, but if if I'll make a commitment unto God, he won't leave me. I believe he's looking for a commitment out of the people of God today. I believe it's missing in the church today. I'm talking about a commitment that says I'm sold out to Christ and I don't want nothing to do with the world. I'm sold out to God. I'm headed to heaven and I don't want nothing to do with the things of this world, the people of this world. I ain't going to act like them. I ain't going to dress like them. I ain't going to talk like them. I'm not going to be like them. I'm not going to drink what they drink. I'm not going to smoke what they smoke. I'm not going to do what they do because I have made a commitment. My faith in God has drawn me out of this world and I commit this unto Jesus Christ and am persuaded he's able to keep it. A commitment. Well, if we, had a, if we had a house full of committed believers tonight, we'd have something. I can tell you that. If you had, if you had two or three hundred uh, committed believers sitting in this congregation tonight, well, this church won't hold that many people, but if you had that many people, I'll tell you, you'd have something that was on fire. I'm talking about people that had made a commitment when they got up this morning that they were going to serve God and they were going to worship God and they were going to follow God and it didn't matter what the world said or what the world does. It didn't matter what the devil tried to do. They're going to commit themselves to do to God. I'll tell you right now, Sister Debbie, you just need to keep coming on. Amen. When the devil tries to keep you out of the house of God, just mark that down. That's him. That ain't God. God ain't ever tried to keep me away from his house. He ain't never tried to keep me out of the place where he is. And brother, where the worship goes on, he wants me to be here and we ought to just make a commitment. The problem with you today is some of you ain't made a commitment to God. Listen, if you ever get saved, that'll be the first thing that happens. You'll you'll commit. You'll sell out to God. Listen, he don't take second. He won't take part of you. He won't take half of you. Either you get all the way saved or you'll die lost. You're with me back there? Look up here. If you ain't saved tonight, you need to be saved. Because there is a faith that can save you. Aren't you glad tonight that there is a faith that came to you when you was lost? Just a measure of faith, it said. Just enough, you see. It might have been like a seed or a grain of a mustard seed. But there was enough faith, brother, to draw me out of myself and to set me in a place where I knew he was real. And, brother, it was enough to prove to me that day that I needed to make a commitment for Jesus Christ and be born again. You need to be born again, friend, or you're going to die without God and go to hell. And that's the truth. Listen, the warning has been going out over and over and over. There needs to be a commitment from the people of God. And if we'll commit to God, brother, he'll do his part. God ain't the problem. God ain't the problem. We are. Moses made a commitment. 
And that's when it started for him, you see. Up to that point, he had done all he wanted to do. He had lived like he would wanted to live. He had been what he wanted to be. And he was raised up as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He was a man of importance, a man of wealth. You see, he had a whole lot going for him. But there was a day coming in his life when he had, to, he, had to make a, he had to make a commitment. There was a day coming in his life when God spoke to him. And he recognized that he wasn't really an Egyptian. He knew it all along. But when he made that choice, friend, he turned from Pharaoh and he turned to God. And brother, there was a change made that day. He made a commitment and it changed the rest of his life. What's wrong with some people today is they keep trying to be a Christian and they ain't never been saved. They keep trying to be, they keep trying to claim that they're a Christian or a believer. Listen, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, the first thing that happened to you is you made a commitment. You walked out of the world and into Christ and you can't be saved unless that happened. Listen, being a Christian ain't about signing a card. Being a Christian is not repeating after some preacher. Being a Christian is not being baptized or joining a church. Being a Christian is being born again, washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, made a new creature. And if that ain't happened to you, you ain't committed yet. It ain't no wonder people don't come to church. They ain't ever been saved. That's the problem with a lot of folks is they ain't never really been saved. Peter would say it like this. It's a true proverb. He said, the hog that was once washed will return to the wallowing in its mire. That makes sense to every one of us. You can wash a pig. Right? You can scrub that thing spotless. But just as soon as you turn your back, it's going right to that mud hole you just created with the water hose. Right? Because what do pigs love? They love the world. And friend, if you're still a pig, you still love the world. You've not done like Moses and turned from the world and to God. You're still trying to have both and you can't have both. Either you make a commitment to the world or you make a commitment to God. You can't have it both ways. A commitment. You say, preacher, I want to make a commitment. What do I need to make a commitment? Just a little faith. Just a little bit of faith. How come, why do I need faith? Because here's what you're going to have to believe. You're going to have to believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross and shed his blood for your sin. You believe that? Amen. You're going to have to believe that they put him in a borrowed tomb and on the third day he rose again of his own power. Do you believe that? Amen. The only way that you'll ever make a commitment is with faith. Believing that what he said he did, he did. That's all it took for me to be saved. <laughs> I'm so glad of that. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Uh, ain't you glad Amen. that he wasn't trying to examine how smart we were? Yeah. How much money we might have or might not have? That didn't matter to God. No, he was looking for one thing, and that is, will you believe? It looks like I ain't going to get to preach the rest of it. You're going to have to believe God, you see. What we need, friend, is a commitment, a commitment in the people of God that draws us out of this world and into that one that exalts Jesus Christ. Yeah, they may think I'm a fanatic. That's all right. It don't make any difference because I've done turned from that camp. That ain't my fellowship. That ain't my home. I've got something better and it's in Jesus Christ tonight the world is confused today and they actually think that you can commit yourself to both things that's what's preached that's what, what, that's what people are deceived in believing and some of these places that won't preach the Bible 
and won't preach the exclusivity of a conviction-bound drawing of Jesus Christ and God. They won't preach the blood of Christ necessary and that you're a sinner and not just a good person with need help. You, friend, need to be born again. And for that to happen, it takes faith. Faith is the very thing, friend, that is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We're not of them that draw back into perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. And we're committed unto this. We're committed unto it. I thought about this. I thought about this. When it comes to eggs and bacon, the chicken was involved but the pig was committed. Now you get what I'm saying? The pig gave it all. Now, when it comes to serving God, there's a bunch of people think being involved is all that they need to be. And you know what they like in Scott? Some faith, right? Because if you believe the word of God, you're going to find out that he don't save to the half part, he saves to the uttermost. What he does is he changes you and makes you a new creature. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, the Bible said, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Behold, the old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. You say, what happened? He made a commitment to God. I'll tell you right now, you make a commitment to Christ, he'll turn your life upside down, won't he? Amen. He'll make you a new creature. You'll wake up next day and not know who you are. He'll make that kind of difference in you. And you say, how in the world did I get saved? Just a little bit of faith. Just a little bit of faith. For the Ephesians 2 and 8 said, for by grace through, what? Faith. For by grace through faith are you saved. (laughs) Glory to God. I'm so glad that it didn't take no other formula. It didn't take something else. But brother, when that faith, when that little bit of faith that he gave me, I believe it came from God. Amen. I'm sure my parents tried throughout what what little years I had lived to instill a little bit of faith, a little bit of trust, a little bit of knowledge of who Jesus Christ was. But here's what it come down to. When he spoke to me, I knew he was real. I didn't need them to tell me for his voice was real. His presence was real. His word was real. his conviction was real and I was terrified and recognized that I was going to hell. You say, how'd you do Because I believed it. Amen. You wouldn't have been able to convince me that I wasn't lost. He made me lost and I believed it. I knew it. And brother, in that very instant, he gave me faith. He just gave me faith to believe that he could save me. You say, well, he must have gave you some of, some of that great faith. I didn't hate, didn't take great faith. No, I just took a little faith. As a matter of fact, it ain't the measure of faith. It ain't the measure of the faith. It's the power of the one you believe in. Him. Right? That's what Jesus was trying to teach him by that whole mustard seed deal. He said, if you had the faith as a grain of mustard seed, you could say to the mountain, be ye removed and cast into the sea, and it would be so. Now, I don't know about you, but that's not very much faith. You can barely see a mustard seed. And yet, he said, that's all the faith it takes because it ain't really the measure of the faith. It's the power of the God you believe in. Now, when I believed in him, that was enough to pull a commitment from me. I made a choice that day, Alfred. <laughs> and I've been trying to live that choice ever since then. But at nine-year-old, I made a choice. 
that Jesus Christ was Lord. And I made a commitment to live, to live for him and to serve him. Listen, some of you got a commitment problem tonight. Some of you ain't committed to God. Now, <clears throat> I certainly hope that you're saved and that commitment has been made. But listen, you got to make a commitment every day that you, you, you get up. Every day you walk out into the world, every day that you, you're in front of this world, and every time that you're, you're out to do something, you've got an adversary, and he's trying to tear you down and to take you apart. May I say to you today that we need to make a commitment for God and let faith grow that commitment in our heart. Listen, the greater your faith is, the greater your commitment is. Every day. Every day. There's some of us that believe the word to the point that, that we actually, whatever it says, that's just what we believe. Now, I don't know how other people get, get away with it, what they do or how they do it, and, and that's between them and God. But I can tell you right now, when you really start believing God, you'll start making some commitments, right? The deeper you get into the Word of God and the more you believe what you're reading and what you're studying, what, you're, what He's given you, when you really get to the heart of it, at the end of what He's showing you is always trying to produce something else. The faith is trying to produce something in you and brother, for you and me today, it ought to be a commitment. A commitment. You say, preacher, what am I committing to? Am I committing to be a missionary in a foreign country? Uh-uh. Am I committing to be some song leader or, or Sunday school teacher? Nope. Am I committing? No. I'll tell you what you're committing to. He's either Lord of all or he ain't Lord at all. <laughs> so you've got to make a commitment every day that he's God and I ain't. You're going to have to make a commitment that what he said is right and what I believe is wrong as far as this world goes. And, and, and the ways of a man that seems right are the ways of death. They ain't anything about you and I that makes us worthy of God. And yet when the Holy Spirit of God and a little bit of faith come to work in our lives, it produced a commitment in us and made us new creatures in Christ. Let me do one more tonight, and I'm just going to stop right there. I'm not going to get them all. But let me look at verse number 25. Look at what he said, verse number 25. And we'll close with this. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Now there was a commitment that took place in verse 24 with the Apostle Paul, I mean uh, with Moses. There was a commitment that was made in verse number 24 when he turned from Pharaoh and believed in God, it produced in him a commitment that caused him to turn and go to God and away from Pharaoh. But what it says in verse number 25 was that he recognized that to do what he did was going to cost him. And what it said specifically was is that there were afflictions in his view. What he recognized was that if I turn from Pharaoh, I am turning into a life of affliction. You say, preacher, you're not building this up for people that ain't saved very well. Let me tell you something. If you think serving God is a bed of roses, let me go ahead and bust that bubble for you. Amen. When I got saved, it didn't fix everything coming down my way. As a matter of fact, most of the hard things I've gone through have been God that did it. You can blame it on the devil if you want to, but I'm in the hands of somebody else. I'm in the hands of God, and the only things that come to me are whatever he lets come to me. And I can assure you this, that whatever came to me that was hard is what I needed so that I could grow and be better and to allow that commitment to solidify into something next we find in verse number 25, which is a resolve to do the will of God. Amen. Mm. Boy, if we had a bunch of Christians that were absolutely rock-solid resolved, 
made up their mind, ain't going back. Amen. I like them kind of Christians, don't you? That's the kind I like to. That's the kind I like to hang around with. And folks that are in and out, I can't really converse with them. I don't know what that's all about. Because there is something that faith produces in me. Number one, a commitment. But number two, there is a steadfast, unmovable resolve that comes to the children of God. When you begin to believe God, faith produces an unwavering hunger and thirst for the righteousness. Glory to God. That's what we need today in the church. We need the faith of God to produce in us some of this good fruit, the fruit of commitment, but brother, the fruit of resolve, the fruit of resolve that says, because I believe God, I will not turn back. I will not go another way. Amen. He tested that in you today. Right? He just checked that out. And here you sit. Faith will produce in us even though we see the cost, even though we see the affliction. Because what it said was, see, is is that this was a part that, that he had to choose. He made a commitment to follow God, but he did so knowingly with a resolve because he said this, because he chose rather, he chose rather to endure the afflictions of God's people than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Now, you say, preacher, what in the world do I need to make it unscathed in this world? Well, I don't know that any of us get through unscathed, but I'll tell you what will help when you wake up with a resolve. When you wake up with your mind made up, listen, if your mind ain't made up about whether or not you're going to participate in drugs or alcohol or fornication or bad language or bad attitudes, all these other things that the world lives and thrives on, if you wake up and your mind ain't made up, you ain't got a resolve in your heart that you're going to live different, that you're going to be the peculiar people he's called you to be. If you don't wake up and by faith believe God and have a resolve in your heart to do what God says do, you're setting yourself up for failure. I, I can almost guarantee you before the day's over, the enemy will have the enemy will have you. He'll create havoc in your life. He'll turn things upside down for you. You'll do things you wished you'd never done. Amen. We've been there before. All of us have. Amen. We've experienced this. We know the wiles of the devil. We know he's subtle. We know, friend, that he wants to steal, kill, and destroy. We know how it works. We're not ignorant to his devices. But I can tell you this. If you wake up having made a commitment unto God and allow faith, I'm talking about believing in the Word of God, the Spirit of God, and the power of God. If you allow those things to start producing in you a resolve, friend, you can start forward. And I'll tell you right now, there ain't enough devils in hell to turn you if you've got resolve. Look at verse number 7 of Hebrews chapter number 11. As I was thinking about the many examples, it's all through the Bible, goodness gracious. You think about the men of God and the women of God that had resolve. They, they, I'm, they all through this book. I'm talking about inspiring truths of men and women that had faith and believed God and it produced in them a stalwartness. I mean, you, they couldn't be moved. I, I, and it makes you want to preach every one of them, amen, because they, they're all good. 
Right? You, you think of them three Hebrew boys and they're they looking at that big statue 60 cubits high right in the middle of that thing and they're playing the music and the, and the king done said, if you don't bow, I'm going to cast you into the fiery furnace. And you know what they did? Kept standing. That's resolve. They woke up that morning, that morning committed and they woke up that morning with their mind made up. I ain't a bowing. See, that's the best time to make your decisions before you ever get to the decision itself. The best time to get your answer and to make up your minds before you ever get to the decision. And then when you get to the decision, it's done made. Right? You just walk right on by it. I ain't doing that. I'm not interested in that. Because there ought to be a resolve that your faith produces. You talk, you talk about this faith stuff as if it's producing tangible evidence in your life. Yes. Absolutely. And that's what the Bible said about faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, but faith is also the evidence, right? It is the proof of the things not seen. I believe in God. Therefore, there has been produced in me through that faith a resolve to stand for God. Look at verse number seven. The Bible said, by faith, Noah. Amen. I love Noah, don't you? Man, alive, what a man of faith. By faith, Noah, (laughs) being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear. That's the only part about that one I want to share with you. I'm going to use the rest of that whenever I get to preach the rest of this message. But, But I want you to look at the first part of that. He said, by faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen, that meaning that Noah had to believe God because he couldn't see it. He couldn't touch it. He couldn't smell it. He couldn't feel it. No, God said, I'm going to destroy this world by water, and I'm going to, you're going to build me a boat. And Noah believed God, about, warned about things not seen. The Bible said he moved with fear. You know what that sounds like? Sounds like a, a resolve. Every morning he got up. Noah wasn't playing cards, right? He wasn't trying to figure out what to do that day. He wasn't trying to figure out if he's going to take vacation. Every day that Noah got up except the Sabbath, he intended to do what? Build an ark. That's resolve. You say, where did that resolve come from? His belief in God. God said, Noah, I'm going to destroy the world and you're going to build me a boat. And whoever gets on that boat will be saved from my destruction. And Noah said, all right. And every day he got up, he did so with resolve. The Bible said he moved with fear. He moved with fear. There was something motivating him. What? It was the word of God that he heard and believed. You know what Noah believed? He believed that what God said about this rain would happen. Do you? How many times have you heard that Jesus is coming soon? And yet you ain't done nothing about it. You're facing eternity and the flames of that torment and you've not even considered whether you're going to heaven or hell yet. So what's it going to take? It's going to take a little faith in you. Number one, to believe that what that crazy preacher is up there ranting and raving and spitting and hollering about There's something to it. And if you ever get to the place that you say, you know what? 
I believe in this Christ that he's talking about. I believe that he died, and I believe that I'm the sinner he's talking about, and that when he died, he died for me, and that when he rose again from the dead that day, he did so so that he could make me live and go free. Friend, that little bit of faith that allows you to believe that there is a God will produce a commitment in you, but it'll also create a resolve in you. Well, that's just a couple of things that faith produces fruit. The fruit of faith. Come get a song. Vicky, if you would, come get a song. Let's, let's just place it. I want to give an invitation tonight because here's what I don't know. Right? Somebody may be on the edge of eternity. There may be an opportunity right now for somebody to be born again, and this may be your only chance. This may be the last time you ever sit in a gospel room with a bunch of believing people that are trusting Christ. This may be the last time you hear a gospel message. This may be the last time the Holy Spirit draws you. And I'd have blood on my hands if I stand before God one day because I didn't give you a chance to come. An invitation to know Christ. Listen, you need to know Jesus Christ more than you need to know your next breath. You need to know who Christ is and what he can do for you more than anything else you've ever known or done in your life. Say, preacher, I don't know if I have enough faith to be saved. God will give the measure of faith. When that time, if it's you tonight, that faith is there. That faith is there. If you'll just trust him and believe, he can change you. You can walk out of this place different than you came in. A new creature, committed unto God and resolved to move for him, to follow him. Would you stand with us tonight? If you're here tonight and you need to get right with God, you, you need to pray, would you just step forward? Step out of your bench and come forward right now. Anybody? If you need the Lord. Listen, don't die without God. He's provided you just enough faith to believe that, that what that preacher is going on about is true. I'm the lost one. I'm the one that needs to be saved. Is that you tonight? Is he talking to you? Anybody?